Hey everybody, my name is Eric Tengen from Oki. Uh, I'm today's honorable guest at techtalk.travel. Welcome to another episode of techtalk.travel. Today's guest is Mr. Eric Tengen from Oki. Eric, great to have you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, thank you. Warm welcome to Amsterdam. Thank you very much. Really good to have you here. Yeah, it's great to be here. I love being in Amsterdam. I'm actually half Dutch. My father was really? Dutch, yeah. And I still have family here, so I always have a, a good excuse coming here. Cool. Yeah, cool. In fact, my son studies here as well. He's Where just about he to graduate from Amsterdam University. Oh, nice. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Eric. Let's talk a little bit about Oki. Yeah. But before we get to Oki, I'd like to dig into a little bit about your background and your past. We spoke a little bit about at lunchtime that there's a couple of things we have in common. Yeah. So let's let's find out. Um, you studied hotel management. Um, what was it after you graduated from hotel school uh, and you started working within the industry? Where was your motivations to to come up with Oki and? and Talk us a little bit about your background, first of all, and how you came to where you are today with Oki. How I came, so I, grad, I graduated college in, back in Sweden. I have no idea what I want to do. All I knew is I had a big passion for service. Okay. But that was back in 2009 when there was this poker boom, and I ended up becoming a professional poker player for about five, six years. Uh, did that in parallel to being a DJ as well. So gambling and music was a huge part of my life for a very, very long time. But then at some point I realized, okay, I need to get my life together. <laughs> Sitting in front of a computer screen so many uh, hours per day wasn't that much fun. So what I did was I talked to my, uh, my two elder brothers and I asked their friends who I thought had really interesting jobs, uh, a lot of them that had to do with people, and I asked, where did you guys study? And a lot of them said, well, we studied at this place in Scheveningen, somewhere in Holland, and it's a hotel school, which is really, really good. And I said, oh, studying abroad, that sounds cool. And uh, after like one and a half week, I arrived in Scheveningen, having been accepted, because there was this complete fluke with the timing. And I remember I stepped off the tram in uh, Scheveningen, and I didn't even Google where it was. So there was this huge beach <laughs> in front of this enormous, magnificent hotel, which happens to today be a customer of Oki, which is very cool. It's oh, called nice. Poor House. Cool. Uh, and that was the start of my kind of hospitality uh, career. And from there, my last internship was in uh, KL. Which for all the listeners, we just had lunch together and we realized that we had been living at the exact same spot in Kuala Lumpur at the same time. Yes. Which is pretty yes, weird. Yes, I lived there for seven years. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we've seen each other on the streets. It could be. <laughs> Might as well. Um, and in Kuala Lumpur, I was working together with Lars, who's one of the co-founders. Uh, we were working at this mystery shopping company. Um, we realized that it's weird because Oki wasn't about upselling in the beginning, actually. So okay. um, we thought it was weird that companies would pay people who aren't real consumers to give feedback about a service which they might, might not end up buying. Mm -hmm. So as an example, I, I remember I had BMW as a customer. And the only people who would do this mystery shopping would be students who wouldn't even think about buying a BMW. Yeah. So we thought, okay, what if we can develop something that would capture feedback in real time? 
uh, and then which industry will we launch this potential business in? Well, obviously in hotels because there's a big problem for uh, hotels when uh, guests would give feedback after they check out. Uh, and because you can typically not do anything about it because the guest is gone, right? Yeah, yeah. So we moved back to Amsterdam. I graduated hotel school, uh, become friends with Taco immediately, who's the third co-founder. Yeah. So we really complement each other very well, the three of us. Um, and uh, get an investment from an angel in, and he's like, okay guys, love the concept, but you have to focus on one industry, and that became hospitality. Okay, okay. And then when we tried to sell, this, sorry, it's a long story, but then when we tried to sell this idea, all of the general managers are like, I talk to my guests, I can do this, I have every feedback, uh, point of feedback in my head and so on. Plus, Eric, where do I earn money from this? And we were like, yeah, shit, hard to measure a return on investment on feedback. Yeah. So we started uh, talking to a lot of general managers. Where's the gap in the customer journey? Uh, how can we earn more revenues? What, where, what's the potential? And a few of them mentioned uh, very smartly now, three and a half years ago, there's a huge gap between the booking and the arrival. What if you can personalize? Uh, at this point, also, the traveler had, was changing, right? We were so used to being uh, able to customize our experiences with Spotify and Netflix and all these kind of apps. So why shouldn't we be able to do the same with a hotel experience that, yeah. we, that we booked? Um, and then that was basically the start of building Oki and into becoming what it is today, which is an upselling platform. Yeah, cool. Very nice. I think also um, with the upselling piece, traditionally hotels and their booking part of the process was to try to sell everything in one go yeah. before the, the, the consumer actually made their reservation. And they were finding that that turned a lot of people away. So I can imagine that from a hotelier's perspective, their, their intent is to capture that booking as quickly as possible in the least amount of clicks and, exactly. and processes yeah. and then worry about the upselling piece yeah. and selling further services. Yeah. So yeah, I think that, that was a right product at the right time. Yeah. So just to give the, the listeners um, an understanding of your, your reach so far, now you've been operating for three years mm -hmm. and of those within those three years, what's your what's your reach now in terms of your customer base? You're, you're, you're obviously based out of Amsterdam here, but you're a global company, so you've got customers around the world. Yeah. You're not just a European company. No, I mean, we, um, just like any other tech company, you would know that very fragmented industry in terms of you have to do integrations uh, and so on. So we first started focusing on the geography and we, if we were unlucky in Copenhagen, we signed 10 hotels and they had 10 different PMSs. Yeah. So uh, we stopped with that approach yeah. and instead we, we started thinking, okay, let's lock in really meaningful and deep relationships with yeah. PMSs, uh, CRSs, channel managers uh, and so on. Um, which have already uh, created a lot of these integrations and we can kind of hook, hook onto yeah. them on top. Yeah. Um, and that's really starting to pay off. Yeah. So thanks to that, we have hotels, uh, many, many hundreds of hotels in about 50 countries, I think. Fantastic. And uh, we're going to grow right. to around 2,000 hotels within the year, I hope. Awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. You're touching on the next point I wanted to talk to you about as a startup, and especially in this industry, it is so fragmented, as you yeah. mentioned. Um, integrations is the biggest challenge for any new company or even an established company that has a new product that they want to break into the market. Um, you mentioned how you got around it, but had you known prior to coming in that it was going to be that hard? And um, what, what, what were your initial thoughts? Like, did you think, oh my God, what are we going to do here? Because there are so many different factors yeah. that we have to consider. I think like if, if I could go back, it's, it would be very wise for any new startup founder to look at very, very uh, 
either they look at becoming part of the the new kind of marketplaces and, and aggregators that are being created like they have Impala and Happy Cloud and, and, and also some channel managers are building these kind of ecosystems. If you don't do that, I would very much cherry pick. Find one PMS if you need that integration and then build a very good relationship with them. Yeah. Uh, for us, that was Muse in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, still have a very good relationship, but yeah. we kind of grew together and we had a very... Um, we would share a lot of knowledge and customers and yeah. and uh, and drinks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, shout out to Richard and Matt. By the yeah, way. Great <laughs> hey guys. guys. <laughs> um, and that that was uh, that was super helpful. Yeah. Um, but knowing about it before, not at all. Yeah. yeah. But uh, it's uh, something that you know now. It's a strange uh, thing, right? Because it is. Uh, yeah. I don't know if any other industry is as fragmented as ours. Right, actually. right. So many small players. Exactly, and and not only that, but just so many different versions of the same type of technology that yeah. you have to work with. It's, it's, yeah. it's a it can be a very puzzling landscape. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so we've touched a little bit on that. In terms of the future for Oki, where do you see your your growth? Like you've said, you by the end of the year you'll have two thousand hotels. Mm -hmm. um, what's the long term goal for you guys? So, our Everything around OK. So basically, at that I mentioned before, we used to be upselling and feedback side by side. So we decided at some point, okay, we, if we want to become really, really good at something, um, laser focus is 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 the shit. Sorry for my French. And um, I'll beep it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, so we decided, okay, we're only going to do upselling. It's really interesting because you have a closed loop. You can really easily measure return on investment. And you can see, okay, um, if this is a German business guest, does it have an impact if we send an offer at 10 in the morning versus three in the afternoon? If we have this order of the deals, if we have this pricing. So you, you can really become a complete nerd in this small niche segment yeah. and can become a very, very big impact. So. One uh, of our uh, visions, uh, which, which is actually already happening, is also relating very much to around the partnership thing. I want to partner up with revenue management systems because yeah. their value like, kind of ends when the guest books and Oki can very well become a really good vehicle for us to kind of feed optimal pricing and then we kind of distri distribute that pricing to guests. So we are very good at converting guests to upgrade to other uh, higher room categories, yep. but early in the customer journey rather than at the check-in. Yep. And so it can, for example, make sense for a, a revenue manager to say, I want to acquire uh, Russian guests via a certain OTA at a, at a lower ADR, because I know that before arrival, they will spend this and that much uh, on, on upgrading. Uh, which will have an effect that I can resell that same room again because it becomes available because he upgrades 10 days before it arrives for a certain amount of money. When we can communicate with RMSs like this, then we can create a complete game-changing yeah. uh, strategy which, which uh, yeah. uh, is something that hasn't uh, existed yeah. so far. So that's one example. Um, but it's going, uh, without saying too much, we will, we will be going, uh, I think, as soon as we own this, uh, the, ho the hotel space, we will be going into other verticals as oh, well. interesting. Um, okay. Okay, good. good. But very much relating to being a very um, niched company at being amazing at consumer behavior. Yeah. 
when do you send something, what do you sell, at what price point, yeah. and what, how does that affect the entire strategy, yeah. um, as well as sitting on kind of the inventory on, mm. on what you offer. Sure, sure. You mentioned when we had lunch as well that you've um, started to roll into some chains now, which is great. Um, what's the main difference that you've noticed in the time that you've been with Oki, or have been running Oki, that um, an independent operator, for example, versus yeah. a chain operation, yeah. are their expectations different? Are their requirements different? Yeah. Talk us a little bit about that, because from an independence perspective, I'd like for them perhaps to hear from you how Oki could, or a type of product like Oki can really benefit them in that sense, so that there's, they can understand the value that it brings. From a chain's perspective, they probably get the bigger picture a little bit faster. They've got that momentum, they've got yeah. the support, the resources. Where's the difference from, from those types of levels? Uh, it's a very good question. And th this is something, I mean, just to answer it straight ahead, for, for an independent, it can be, well, I mean, first of all, it's that they will make more, uh, more revenue from the same guests. Um, a very uh, simple example, if you have a hotel in Italy, the front office is very good at speaking Italian, but not so good at speaking German. Uh, if you're able to offer a German traveler before they arrive to upgrade the room and add on services that are relevant to them, the likelihood that they will buy these things are much higher uh, when it's presented to them on their own device in their local language instead of coming to the front desk and trying to do it in a different language than they're used to. Um, so it's basically a way for a hotel um, to present bookable upgrades and services and local experiences um, to their arriving guests and, and basically see that automatically their guests will start buying these, uh, these items from them uh, before arrival. I think one of our, we have a, a hostel in Madrid that said it so nicely, they went live with Oki and they're like, ah, screw it, let's put in the things that we normally never sell. And then all of a sudden they saw shit, we're selling things that we never sold before. <laughs> And they sent, sent us this email, guys, what the hell, <laughs> this is awesome. That's cool. And it's not because the things became more valuable, it's just because you're able to offer them at a point in time when guests, when they arrive at the front desk, they're not so excited about exactly. buying new stuff. It's yeah. time and component, yeah, yeah. buying stuff is yeah. very, very important. Yeah, yeah. So essentially it's offering it at the right time, yeah. making sure that you're maximizing it. Yeah. And from a chain's perspective, where, where, where's the difference? Is there a difference? Uh, yeah, for sure. I mean, scale, uh, chains, they, they talk about scale immediately. Um, if you compare, like, a, an independent hotel will never be very worried about the setup and, and the implementation piece, because they are so, you know, they can control this whole thing. In the chain, it's immediately talking about APIs and XML feeds and how can we uh, make sure that you grab all of our chain content from one repository or, 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 or whatnot. Uh, so the scale piece is totally different. Yeah, yeah. But the interesting thing with the chain is that when you have 100 hotels live and you look at a chain overview, you can very quickly start identifying best practices within the same group. And uh, that can be translated to the other hotels which might not be doing as well. Right. So they have kind of a, a quicker way internally to identify how to improve and optimize this new revenue stream. But that's also what we are trying to transform to the independents. Yeah. So we call it the uh, Oki family. Yeah. <laughs> and the power of software as a service and what we and all the other mm. uh, young startups are trying to do is mm. how can we um, have a hostel in Bratislava really benefit from what a hostel chain here in Holland came up with as a great idea. Mm. 
just because they're on the same platform. Mm. And the whole time aspect, we know when to upsell uh, because we know how consumers think. Even if it's a guest that books a stay with a hotel for the very first time, he or she will have a very personalized approach just because we know how that similar type of traveler works in all the other hundreds of hotels yeah. where they have been yeah. staying before. Yeah, good, good. good. Um, do you find that uh, you need to help educate the independent operator on the services and how they can benefit them? Or are they already fairly well switched on and they, they get it, uh, they just really want it? Like, um, if, you, if you imagine that you are trying to sell something and then they're saying, yeah, we already do that. It's like uh, we know we we hear a lot that yeah we already do upselling and then what they do is they maybe do upselling in the booking engine or they send a booking confirmation with a email that they have to reply to or it's just it's just and then it's like comparing you know it's it's really not comparable yeah so that education comes piece back we have to, to perhaps the timing piece of it as yeah it's it's so much but it's like and then you uh, it almost always works with asking well what what are your conversion rates because they should know that right yeah. then and then then that's something that uh, that the hotels often struggle with um, but I also get it. I'm also sitting in my office and I get a lot of cold calls and, and people contacting me. Mm. So it's kind of an easy way out. That's but that's often the education piece. Yeah, that's also why I'm so happy that we can be on this one so we can cool. help get the message out. Awesome, awesome. Yeah. Okay, moving forward, your, your, what, what's going to be your biggest challenges? And how do you overcome your challenges as a startup? Um, it's very hard to get going in any startup environment. Um, but as positive as you are, sometimes mm -hmm. you can still go, oh damn, this is so hard, <laughs> yeah. how do I move forward? Yeah. What, what, what do you see as your immediate challenges moving forward and, and how do you think you'll overcome them? I think uh, the biggest challenge is probably finding talent. Mm -hmm. um, right now we're, we're desperately looking for amazing people in our customer success team. Three months ago, we had too many people in this customer success team, and yeah. that kind of, it's hard to know that you're hiring ahead of the curve perfectly, because you never know, sometimes it takes longer or slower. But so finding amazing people, uh, which also makes sense, that mm. that's, that's mm. challenging. Mm. Um, maybe that's also why it's so motivating to be so out there. Because <laughs> mm. yeah. if we can share how, how, how much fun we have and how much of a cool yeah. company, we have a really amazing team. Yeah. Uh, we just need to maybe double in size in a, yeah. in a year's time. Yeah. But I think that's it. I think as long as you have amazing people uh, and you're uh, striving towards the same vision mm -hmm. and everyone is enthusiastic, when I then have a, sh a shitty day and someone else has a good day, as a company you're actually having a fairly good day. Yeah. I remember one of our uh, my, my teammates in the sales, uh, she said, because I was ha I had such a sh such a crappy day, and then she reminded me. But everyone else, or a lot of other people, had a really good day. So as a whole, as an entity, you know, we were moving forward, and that really changed my perspective on things. Yeah. So even if you yourself uh, have a have a crappy moment, yeah, good. Uh, when when you are looking for new talent, do you do you look specifically for people from the industry, or are you also interested or open to having people come in with a fresh perspective from other industries that may be able to bring a different suggestion or idea or Definitely. Uh, first of all, international. We're 18 people. We're 10 nationalities. Wow. That's awesome. Like we have uh, people from Greece, Holland, Germany, uh, China, Sweden, and so on and so on. That brings a different perspective on things, even if you're from the same industry, from how you want your meat to how you like your coffee, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but uh, I, I like it. I think it's cool though if you have someone who comes from SaaS, perhaps. Yeah. They they understand kind of the yep. dynamics of the technology and yep. the the startup, the metrics that you're you're driving towards. Yep. But other than that, it's like on the development side, I don't think it's really something that's relevant. Right. More important that it's cool people with the right attitude. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think that's really important. Yeah. Um, you also mentioned earlier that you are working now with your ex-school. Mm -hmm. uh, you're doing, I think you said you're on the board, is that correct? A new board? Yeah. Was, uh, Tell us a little bit about that because it's interesting. We're very keen on, on the student market as well. Yeah. And it's, I think, obviously getting to uh, to the potential future, future leaders and managers of our industry is, yeah. is important. So tell us a little bit about what you're doing with those guys. Yeah, so trying to sound humble then. <laughs> I, I got an email from the, the dean at hotel school. I studied hotel school at The Hague. Mm -hmm. And I got an email from the dean inviting me to be part of their, uh, what he called next generation board of advisors. That's super cool. So I, Very cool. Within a minute, I said yes. <laughs> um, and on Tuesday is the first meeting. And what, what's cool about it is that I will be part of, uh, with I think nine or ten other people who I'm very excited to find out who they are, um, shape the curriculum. And probably right. I was invited because I was, I'm an alumnus and now I went into the tech part of the industry. Yeah. Where as we talked about, hotel schools are great, but it's very, very broad and it's not focused at all around the tech and the distribution landscape mm. and the things that really honestly matters maybe the most, mm. unless you become you know, somebody who's maybe in F&B, then maybe it matters less. Yeah. Uh, but as a GM or revenue manager, this is, this is key uh, stuff to know about. And it's also such a dynamic and cool uh, industry that we live in Absolutely. And, and operate in. I really, really am yeah. a huge fan yeah. of, yeah. of our industry. No, I was very happy to hear that, you, that the school that you went to is actually willing to, to do that and focusing mm. on the technology piece because yeah. it's such an important part, as we said, yeah. of the, our industry as, as, a, as a future or for the future. Yeah. And um, even food and beverage, yes, they, they're very much traditional in what they're teaching there. But um, if you're still learning food and beverage as you're expertise you eventually probably have a mindset to be a GM yeah. so you still need to understand yeah. from the other side how it's going to work so I think yeah. it's really important the sooner yeah. they get that in the better yeah. and I think it's really important as well that they focus on the influence of future markets yeah. and and yeah. and services and technologies from future yeah. markets not just Western markets yeah. but specifically China and Asian yeah. markets and we talked about uh, WeChat before yeah. and stuff like that yeah, yeah it's fascinating it really is absolutely fascinating. I heard from somebody that there are 200,000 hotels with above 100 rooms in China alone. Mm -hmm. It's like crazy. Yeah, it is. The market's just enormous. It is, it is indeed. What would be your advice to anyone wanting to start up in the industry as a as a startup, as a technology hotel yeah. provider startup? What, what would be some of the um, top three advice items that you could give them? Number one would be uh, get yourself two other co-founders and uh, if possible have one of them being a hustler that can be out there and selling and knowing the industry one of them a designer and one of them technical mm -hmm. so you can come up with an idea based on input and you can make it pretty and you can develop it and sell it um, other reason for being three is i i've heard that if you start a startup it's something depressing it's like 95 percent fail within two years uh, but if you're one person it's like 99.9 .9 or something so it's just much better and if you have a dispute you can vote two against one so that's yep. easy yeah um also i think if if i was a startup in the hotel tech space i wouldn't be afraid of being insanely niched and becoming really really good at solving one particular problem maybe even for one sector uh and kind of start there you can so easily now 
create partnerships and synergies with other companies and with APIs actually make this automated. Uh, that that's possible, I think, to, yeah. to yeah. make a really good start. And you, by becoming really good at it, you, you will see that um, a lot of doors automatically open. Yeah. Um, and a third thing, probably start in a city where talent is prepared to move into. Yeah. So that's why Amsterdam is cool. Yeah. So you have a lot of people coming to Amsterdam because it's a cool city. Yeah. That's why I moved here also. Um, plus uh, subsidies are nice and so on. Right. But uh, right. I think that's very helpful. Okay, cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And have fun. <laughs> yeah, it's very important, isn't it? Yeah, it's have the fun. best. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, Eric, it's been great having you on the show. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Great to have you here. You too. Cheers. Have fun. Thank you. Thanks for watching, guys. If you enjoyed watching, make sure you hit subscribe and the bell button next to subscribe for the notifications. We've got some great interviews coming up. And until next time, bye for now. Bye-bye.